The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about your mind and the power that you do or you don't have over the contents of your mind, your thoughts. And we're going to talk about this sort of new agey personal development idea that you should control what you think and that you should be the master of your mind. We're going to talk about the limits and pitfalls of this way of thinking. And we're also going to talk about the fact that as you tune in more and connect more with your highest spirit self, the mind kind of takes care of itself. All right, so here we go. You've probably heard in a lot of spiritual teachings, or if you listen to a lot of personal development podcasts or read self-help books, right? There's a lot of information out there about mindset. There's a lot of information around controlling our thoughts or choosing our thoughts. And sometimes I find this can be a little bit confusing because many people are still living in the level of awareness where your thoughts are kind of running the show. And so life seems like just a constant stream of mental activity with which you are mostly identified. And the idea of controlling said activity seems really, really challenging, if even possible at all. And I remember a while ago, I was teaching some meditations and I would do Uh, guided visualizations out of my office and people would come and we'd do these little visualizations. And I remember talking about thought and I remember a particular person in the group because I was talking about watching your thoughts and becoming present with your thoughts. And that to me, by the way, little preview is how we quote unquote master the mind. And it's not about master at all. Actually, no, as I think about it, it really is because you, in terms of your presence, your awareness, your higher self is in fact the master and the mind should in fact be the servant. But as Einstein has said, and this is one of his famous quotes, right? We live in a world that's got that upside down and the servant thinks it's the master. So maybe mastery is the exact right term. But anyway, I was teaching this class and I was talking about watching your thoughts. And this lovely lady looked at me and she said, what? What do you mean? Do you mean that there's a moment where you can step back from what you're thinking and just be aware? Like, what does that even mean? Because she was someone who didn't even know, right, that that space between the thinking mind is who and what she really is. And so the first step to mastering your mind is to recognize that the thoughts are not who you are and that that constant stream of crap that is going through your head 24-7 for most of us is simply smoke and mirrors. It's simply a distraction. It's simply noise, right? It's just noise, just like the drilling that's going on outside right now. And we are the presence that becomes aware of that noise. It's in that awareness, right, that we start to have our power and control. 
But there's another way that we can talk about control. And this one, I think, is a little bit more problematic. We talk about control, meaning we got to wrestle and wrangle those thoughts. We have to have the right thoughts, right? Low vibration thoughts like jealousy or anger or frustration or boredom. Like we can't have any of those. Those aren't quote unquote good thoughts. We have to have high vibing thoughts like happy and love and light and peace and connection. And we have to control or even we have to make those thoughts stop altogether right? Let's sit in meditation and let's force those thoughts not to come. Has anyone ever tried that? I'll give you a preview if you haven't. It doesn't usually work, right? Because thought is just something that's happening all the time. You can think about it as sort of the product of your overactive brain and your brain has been trained to constantly produce this mental noise, this mental junk. And you as the awareness, as the consciousness, because thought in and of itself is not your consciousness, it's the noise. The consciousness, right, which is who and what you really are, is the space in which that thought occurs. That's why we we could talk about thought coming from the brain, but consciousness is bigger than that. And many spiritual teachers, and I believe uh, neuroscience is heading this way too, will soon understand that the brain is like a radio, right? It doesn't produce consciousness. It's simply the filter through which our awareness happens. So back to the question of can we control our thoughts and the contents of our minds? And I'd like to take you now to this idea of meditation because I often think of life as a meditation and understanding this will be really important. When you meditate in most traditional meditation practices, and of course they do vary, but oftentimes what you're told to do is watch your thoughts. Maybe you tune into the breath or some places have a mantra that you repeat over and over again, which is kind of like a thought, but it's a thought that you're choosing. Or I've done some Buddhist meditation that involved actually moving your hands and doing like a pattern of movement with your hands. That was pretty interesting. But regardless, the idea of meditation, right, is to take you away from that constant stream of thought. Now, most meditation teachers don't tell you to pause or stop your thoughts because they recognize the foolishness in this. Thoughts going to do what thoughts going to do. And oftentimes they use the analogy of clouds in the sky, right? And so meditation is about watching those clouds. And notice when you have mistakenly momentarily become a cloud, (laughs) because that's what happens when we get lost in thought. Ah, And then you come back to your witness state or your state of pure awareness or presence or consciousness or whatever word resonates with you. And you start to remember again that those are just clouds and you watch them again and you remember too that you are the sky you're not those thoughts at all and that is how meditation works and that is the orientation that we more and more can take towards our thoughts in everyday life now Eckhart Tolle as many of you know is one of my favorite spiritual teachers he talks about presence and the power of now and he talks more and more now about people that start to experience that pause that gap in their thoughts and when he had his awakening he didn't recognize he said for a couple of years what was going on suddenly he just went from a place of misery a place of wanting to end his life to total stillness total presence total peace and total just ah you know and he felt really really good and that continued and he said it was a few years in that he realized what had happened is he disidentified with thought and now he talks about how he can use the ego that's his other word or that thinking mind when he wants to as a tool but he's not controlled by it. And that's what we really mean, right? When we talk about mastering the mind, it is about returning 
returning your awareness to its seat in pure aligned consciousness and not identified with that thought, with that thinking mind where we become confused and we think we are our feelings, thoughts, and emotions rather than the observer of them. So in this case, mastering the mind is not forcibly stopping your thoughts, which is a very difficult thing to do. It's rather allowing them to do what they do, taking that step back and becoming pure presence. Now, another really cool thing happens as you begin to cultivate that witness space and you begin to recognize that you are not your thoughts. You start to have a modicum of control about where you focus your energy and attention. Certain thoughts will play out and they will, you know, jump up and down trying to get you to look at them and feed them and interact with them. And you start to recognize that you have a choice, that you can go down that route and become re-identified with those thoughts and feed that thought stream, which may or may not, likely not be serving you. Or you can stand in that space of equanimity and peace and presence and you can let the thought play out without getting involved. And you see, that is the way in which we quote unquote choose our thoughts. We don't necessarily interrupt the mind stream and the conditioned mind. That's just all the things that you've learned and the thoughts that you have imprinted in your brain that are just, you know, they see something that reminds them of something that reminds them of of something and boom, that tape starts playing again. Some of you can even feel that as I say it. That is so cool, right? That is how the mind works. But consciousness is not of the mind. And consciousness can look at that and say, hmm, isn't that interesting? And look, sometimes those triggery condition patterns are so strong, we just find ourselves getting caught up in them. And that is okay too, right? It's fine. The moment you realize that that's happening and you take a step out, that is where you're building consciousness and awareness and presence. And each time you do that, you're actually weakening the grip that those thought patterns hold over you. So if you find yourself constantly barraged by certain thought streams, certain thought patterns, certain, I don't know, pain points, trying to use a lot of different words so that you guys can... uh, find the one that clicks for you. If you find yourself over and over again spinning in certain thought stream patterns, belief systems, the moment that you recognize what's going on and step out, even if it's for a nanosecond, is the moment that you begin to disidentify with the contents of your mind and step back into pure awareness, which should be the true seat of your power and control. And again, control simply means where we focus our attention and how we interact with what's going on on, right? Control doesn't mean that we get to stop the stream of thoughts necessarily. And control definitely doesn't mean that we get to stop what's happening in the outside world. But we know that as we change our orientation to what's going on, those things will adjust accordingly. So I see some of you asking me, all right, Victoria, I think I got this. You're saying that the way to control my mind is to disidentify with it, to step out of the stream of thought, to become aware of when I am spinning and cultivate a deeper sense of presence. And then when I have that sense of presence, I can more and more naturally, normally, without effort, pick and choose where I focus my attention and what thought energy stream patterns I choose or I feed. And also, even more importantly, I will more and more be able to exist in that space without thought, which I will tell you when I have been there, it is magical. And it is that space between the thoughts where intuition comes from. And you know, (laughs) I am all about intuition. And it's also the space between thoughts where we connect with our true power, our true wisdom, and our true spiritual selves. 
So now I hear some of you asking me, okay, 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 I get it. How do I do that? And y'all want some action steps. And I am not always about action steps, but the guys are here and they are going to help me with that. So I'm so pleased. Action step number one is to recognize that you're not your thoughts. Most of you who are listening to this podcast have some awareness of this, but I see that some of you do not. And so the first thing to know is that constant chatter in your mind is not who you are. Okay, and there's lots of great spiritual teachers who teach on this. Eckhart Tolle is my fave, but there's others as well. But the basic idea is you are not the contents of your mind. Now, some of you are going, wait, 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 wait. What about intuition? What about this? What about that? Yes, 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 yes. Think about the mind like a staging room. And there's like this space, right? And things go through that space. And sometimes things go through that space that are super lovely and inspiring. But most of the time, what goes through that space is noise. And at the end of the day, all things considered, you are the space. You are not anything that's going through that, though sometimes our intuition will come to us through that space of awareness, right, and tap us on the shoulder. But most of what's going on in that space for most human beings is a lot of conditioned, meaning stuff you learned from being on earth, thought patterns, reactions, emotions, it's noise. Now, the noise will help you in your life because most of us up until now have lived completely identified in our minds and there's just a little teensy tiny window of awareness that sometimes shows up. But see, we are now in the new millennium, the new age, right? And so more and more of you now are understanding and waking up to the fact that all of that noise is not who you are and that the real choice point, the real power, the real control, though I really don't like that word because it gets really misunderstood. So we could let that one go if it does not fit for you. But the real power is in that space between thoughts and it is in that a allowing the light of consciousness, the light of who you really are to shine through and illuminate that path for you through all of the obstacles created by that wonderful human mind that you are participating and playing with right now in this human incarnation. So step one is to recognize that you are not the contents of your mind. And this one is huge. And even if you just understand this intellectually, that's really a great place to start. But the second step is to start to understand that viscerally to feel it. Because as I always say, a spiritual teaching, when it's just in the mind, it just creates more mind, right? And so the next thing is to start to experience, well, what does this mean? So for many of you, that might be meditation. And meditation is a great place and space to start to disidentify with the mind and start to recognize, oh, I'm the awareness of the thoughts. I'm not the thought itself. And the practice of meditation is about getting present. You can use the breath, you can use a mantra, but the idea is whenever you are losing focus and getting back into that stream of thoughts, not judging yourself, not saying, oh man, I failed at meditation because I can't control my mind. No, 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 that is not how it works. Please don't do that. Really what the practice of meditation is, and it's a practice, right? It's something that we learn to do. We practice it and in the process is the goal, not necessarily getting it right or getting it wrong. So please disavow yourself of that idea. In that process of just learning to be present and watch our thoughts and notice when we are getting caught up in thought and just notice when our mind is busy, when it's still, what's going on without labeling or judging or naming 
naming or getting involved in what's going on, that is one of the most surefire ways to develop presence. Now, I will tell you, I am not a good meditator. I don't like the process at all, and I'm not super disciplined about doing it. And I do believe that I have cultivated a fair amount of that witness state in my life, and I invite more in every day. So meditation is definitely one way to get there, but it's not the only one. And really, anything that helps you feel alive at home, at peace, resting in joy and fulfillment, all of these things will also help you develop that state of presence. So being in nature is a good one. Being around water for some people. Some people, this one is a little tricky, get it from exercise. Sometimes what happens with exercise is the mind just shuts down and it's not super inspiring because you're kind of going on that endorphin high. But for other people, that can be a magic spot. Going for a run, going for a walk, swimming, all those kind of repetitive exercises can also quiet the mind and help us cultivate that witness state. But the guides are also saying that the third step and probably the most important one, at least it has been for me, it's not necessarily for everybody, but it can be really potent and powerful. The third step is really getting to know your mind and getting to know the contents of your mind and getting to know when you're triggered. And it's not about identifying with the mind. And here's where it gets tricky, right? So getting to know the mind, a lot of psychology does that, right? And therapy And as many of you know, that is one of the things in which I am trained in. We get to know who we are. We get to know our traumas. We get to know where in childhood things went wrong that are, you know, we're having these reactions now. And I'm a big fan of all of those things with one important caveat. Whenever we play with the mind, there is always that possibility that we get lost in it again. Meaning, right? You start to develop an identity of yourself as that person who was wounded in childhood or that person who has this terrible body image or this person that always reacts and never responds or whatever else you learn from all of your fun therapy teachings. And so I like to think of this step three instead as sort of like clearing, cleaning, you know, spring cleaning of the mind, becoming aware of where the clutter is, why the clutter is, why we hang on to certain pieces of furniture and junk, even though they're not serving us, even though they're getting a lot of dust and they're making us sneeze all the time. And so it's learning the contents of your mind so that you can gently and lovingly clear it out. And also when we know our triggers and we know our pain points, and by the way, these can change at any time and they often do, we start to also know when we're going unconscious. So we start to become aware of those, oh, there that goes again. And then we have the opportunity to disidentify with it. I also find that as we lighten our emotional load and our mental emotional load, as we start to peel through some of that pain and let some of that go, we naturally rest in a more aligned, peaceful, calm and equanimous, not sure if that's a word, but it is now state, right? A state of awareness where we don't always feel triggered and having to be engaged by everything that's going on in that outside world because we've healed, right? Or released some of those ouchy things from our past that have been triggering us over and over again. And we've learned that when we do get triggered to step out of it, to watch it, to allow it and not get super wrapped up. So the third step that you can try is to do a little bit of healing work. And this can be therapy. This can be intuitive counseling, like the kind of thing that I do. This can be coaching. This can be any kind of healing work where you learn to go through and sort of deactivate those triggers and treat yourself with more love and kindness and awareness and let go or learn why you don't want to let go of some of that mental junk. 
Okay. And I think this can be really powerful and important work, but the most important thing about step three is that you do it with step one and step two in mind. Meaning you recognize that you're not your mind and you're not your thoughts. And these are just the things that have been given to you in your human experience for you to work with on the path to awakening. That's step one. And step two, as you do this work more and more, of course, you want to learn to cultivate that witness state because that healing work works best right? When you can do it from a place of presence and not from a place of thought. And this can mean working with a healer, helper, therapist who's super present or using some of the modalities if you're really going to do counseling. Certain modalities that are out there today, I think, have lend themselves more to that witness state than others. Things like EMDR, internal family systems, interpersonal neurobiology. You can look all those up and maybe, just maybe, I'll put some references in the notes. But all of those modalities can really help us to be more aware in that healing process. But remember too, friends, to always follow your intuition and to recognize that it's all at the end of the day about cultivating presence and letting go of the contents of the mind. So I've been talking a really long time. I don't think I've ever done a solo episode quite this long. So as I wrap it up, I just want to say to that question that we posed at the beginning, do you control your mind? The answer is yes and no. If by control do you mean that I am the thoughts and I can stop them and start them at will, the answer is no. You can suppress them. You can ignore them. You can choose to focus on certain things. You can push certain things that you don't like down, but they'll still be there and at some point they'll still bite you in the butt, (laughs) right? Or you can become that witness and you can be in that witness state and you can allow whatever wants to be to be and then over time gently and gradually learn to give your energy and attention only to that which raises your vibration and aligns you with your highest and truest self. And that is the level of choice that we cultivate as we gain more awareness. And the first step of that awareness, friends, and I've said it already a couple times before, is recognizing or remembering that you are not the contents of your mind. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This has been so much fun and uh, namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.